0: This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast.
1: Fiala intercepts again, trying to find the handle on it. He does. He scores! What a play by
2: Fiala! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. I'm proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL. HL news, advanced stats, and much more. He
3: fights off at Anna's check, sends it back to Kulikov, cuts to the middle, hands to Beckman. He scores. What a goes to work for the Wild. Centers
0: one. Ericssonek with a shot. He scores. Jew Ericssonek. He's the hero. Pugdoy and Kaprizov in for And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Buck.
2: Hello. And welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Backe back with you. Wednesday, December 8th, our Minnesota Wild riding a seven-game winning streak points in their last eight. Some big wins since last that we talked. We will get to those, as we always do in a little bit. But as we always also do, we do have Sam Uran back with us for another weekly Whitecaps. Sam, not quite as uh, good of a weekend for the Whitecaps as it has been for the Wild, but we're glad to have you here. How are you doing on this Wednesday evening?
3: I' uh, doing well, yeah. Like you said, not not quite the high that the Wild are riding, but you know I think it'll be good to get back home here a couple weekends in a row.
2: Definitely. Before we dive a little more into the Whitecaps, caps, always gotta check in on the fellas. Zeke, how you doing tonight?
0: No, oh, doing really good. I've had you know busy day. been out and about getting some stuff done, and I'm uh, happy to cap it off here talking with you guys. All right, and Justin, how about you, man? Doing
1: good. Had the day off. Just you know hung out with the kids and found out what team that my kid was going to be split up into. They they're splitting the mini mites up, and, and picture day is Saturday, so they they did it for that Boy. reason, and and for uh, the game days that are coming up on Thursdays. But uh, you know, doing well. Uh, Pretty high on these wins and and you know just doing well.
2: Yeah, for I don't know why this just popped in my head. Maybe because you mentioned mini mites. I remember my first ever picture that I took for hockey as a mini mite. I tried to do like a tooth smile for the first time <laughs> in my life, and I seriously looked like some sort of like buck tooth like gopher. Like I was like over biting my lip and like I had no idea what I was doing with a toothy smile. So hopefully Miko's first hockey picture turns out a little bit better than mine. Yeah.
1: Doesn't. Let's hope so. I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. And uh yeah, it's amazing how fast he's progressing with how much he's skating really. But uh, yeah, having fun.
2: I heard the scouts are already on him. So really? Well that's good. <laughs> I'll be keeping my eye out for him. All right. Well Sam, let's let's get to the White Caps here for our weekly White Caps segment. They were on the road this past weekend in Connecticut facing off against the whale not the weekend we hoped for. They suffer back-to-back losses, um, some tough games. Dropping the first game of the weekend uh, by a score of five to one, and then four to two on Sunday. Uh, just give us a little recap, maybe try to pull some positives for us. Things that you th- you know thought were good, or maybe just some things that happened, maybe off the ice. You know, just give us the positives, and then we'll uh, then we'll look forward, put those losses behind us, and talk about the weekend ahead.
3: Yeah, definitely. There are some positives pull out of um, you know that series against the Whale. Um, we saw a lot of you know good goal scoring um, by you know our, our leaders, Jonna Curtis and and Thunstrom there, and they always play well. So that was it was good to see them do that. Um, but also get some some new faces on the score sheet. Um, Alex Woken scored her first career PHF goal. Um, and, and her and Haley Mack had a great assist there with that run. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's it's good to see them kind of getting the lines together and um, mixing things up and hoping that, you know, the crowd back at home at TRIA these next two weekends will kind of energize them and get, get some goal scoring going. I think everyone is kind of, you know, hoping that we can get some pucks to the back of the net um, seen a lot of good shots and doing a lot of good things. Now it's just time to put it all together.
2: Yeah, it sounds like the Whitecaps have Kevin Fiala syndrome. Just doing all the right things, getting to the net, but just whatever, for whatever reason, the puck just doesn't go in the back of the net. Maybe this weekend will be the nice breakout for both the Whitecaps and Kevin Fiala. That's what we're going to speak into existence this week. Uh, so on tap oh, this yeah. weekend, we do have the Buttes. Not our friends, the bar down Buttes, uh, the Buttes from Buffalo. Uh, are coming to town for a two-game series again uh, Saturday, Sunday. So tell us what we got uh, to look forward to with with the Buttes coming to town.
3: Yeah, the Buttes haven't uh, played a lot of games yet this season. Um, I think they've only played a total of three, so um, not a whole lot to go off of based on this season. But I know that they have a lot of good, you know, talent with their young players and and a couple, you know standard faces you got um mjp and uh, taylor kersey and you know players like that that really make a difference um but i think it'll be a a good test for uh, for the whitecaps you know to hopefully pull out a couple wins and and get get the team going on more of a a hot streak here
2: absolutely and game times this weekend for those of you at home Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, right here at Trio Rink, and then back at it again Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. Vikings play tomorrow night, so I know your Sunday schedule in the afternoon is wide open, so why not maybe head down to the Whitecaps game or fly them over on ESPN Plus and tune in to their matchup against the Buttes. Sam, anything else to add on the Whitecaps or anything else as we uh, before we let you go?
3: Uh no, I mean as always we've got a couple home weekends coming up so it would be great to see everyone's faces in the stands at Trier rink. Um, Saturday, this Saturday is our Hockey Fights Cancer Night, so you know, we'll have our lavender jerseys and things that we're doing for that night there and um, you know, trying to put some things together for the weekend before Christmas. So it'll be it'll be a good time and definitely get your tickets and come on out.
2: Definitely. Be sure to, um, if you haven't yet, check out the uh, the Whitecaps merch website. I was looking for some Christmas list ideas. I'm like, you know, what? I, need, I need some Whitecaps merch. And there was some cool stuff on the website, lots of great stuff for the youths of the world. Uh, so go ahead and check that out, too, if you're looking for do some Christmas shopping. Uh, get, get that significant other, that friend, some Whitecaps merch and support your hometown team. Uh, Sam, thanks you again, as always, for jumping in with us. Hoping for a better weekend for the Whitecaps. I think it's going to happen. I think the home ice advantage is going to strike, and they're going to be great this weekend. I hope we're talking to you about some wins uh, when we see you next week.
3: Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me, as always.
2: You bet. Thanks again. All right, well, best of luck to the Whitecaps this weekend as they take on the Buttes. And thanks, as always, to Sam for coming in, giving us a little preview of what's to come uh, at home this weekend. So be sure to check them out. But moving on in the show, as always, up next we do send it over to Justin for a Minnesota Wild prospect update.
1: All right, I got a kind of a short one today, but some pretty good news. Uh, Jesper wallstead has been named to Sweden's World Junior uh, roster. Uh, that's good news. As we know Hunt, uh, Damon Hunt, Ryan O'Rourke, and Carson Lambos were all invited to Canada's camp, and we Brett posted earlier, and we've kind of talked about. We kind of we imagine. Murat, who's Nadinov, and Pavel Novak, Novak to be named to their World Junior roster as well, which will make for a really fun tournament for Wild fans. Uh, also, another bit of good news: uh, Marco Rossi is back tonight in the roster for the Iowa Wild. <clears throat> Excuse Great news. me. Uh, Boldy got an MRI. We're still waiting on uh, news for that, so hoping for the best for that. uh, On the injury front, just kind of some bad luck this year for him. Just hoping that's a minor injury that he he got. (laughs) Uh, And then this past weekend, Jack Pert had a good weekend for St. Cloud State. Picked up four assists in a couple games. Good to see a former Minnesota Mister Hockey, you know, pick up his game. He's he's doing well. He he got injured earlier in the year, and ever since he's came back, he's. Picked up his game well and picked up a bunch, a few points. So good to see another defenseman doing that. Uh, then Ryan O'Rourke had a good weekend picking up three assists in two games. And Simon Johansson did the same thing over in Liga for his team in Finland. Um, and then I saw a pretty cool analytic thing that Byron Bader posted the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was mm-hmm. on for Wallstead. And it, it, it said that he's he has the ninth highest D plus one NHL... NHL or probability of every goal he drafted in the past forty years. I thought I'd bring that up and
3: that seems you know, promising.
1: Pretty amazing. <laughs> <news>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and we'll maybe not, we, not uh, in the past like
1: yeah.
2: Maybe be a talking past. point for a mailbag question uh later on yeah. the show. Because I know like, I've been kind of debating uh, between two particular prospects as the answer to that question. So that that kind of makes me maybe double back <laughs> on my thinking. We'll have yeah. to see. But uh yeah, cool.
1: I didn't get to see all the mailbag questions ahead of time, so it would be kind of a fly-by-the-seat of my pants for some Hell of those yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's all I got for the prospect update.
2: Uh, and then one thing I, I – sorry, I was looking something up while you were talking. Did you mention uh, Mason Shaw got called up as oh, well? Cra- no, I didn't mention that. Yeah, so Mason yeah. Shaw called up. Yeah. We'll see if he plays it all on the trip. Um, I mean, it's hard to touch the lineup when you've won seven in a row, but yeah, you never yeah. know. Um, right. I think there's guys that despite the seven game winning streak, haven't played their best hockey as of late. So who knows, we don't maybe get a look at, uh, get a look at Shaw.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, something I can't believe I forgot to bring up, but very excited for him, especially with how many injuries he's had in the past and how much he's had to work to get back and, and just get his game where it's at and to get called up is just excellent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that'll do for the prospect update up next is, uh, this isn't like a, a, a prank or uh, <laughs> this isn't like a, a call for help from any of us, but we're going to say nice things about Victor Rask um, and not not to steal thunder from the Rask cast. But for this week's anal- analytics segment, I did want to talk a little about Victor Rask. Um, earlier this week, if you didn't catch it on my personal profile, I believe they are both threads should be on the Sound mm-hmm. the Foghorn page as well. I did kind of my one third of the season uh season long player cards, and I wanna talk a little about Victor Rask because his numbers kind of blew me away and granted, I know it's a small sample um but you know he has played fourteen games this year, and he's looked good um especially on the defensive side of the puck he among all the eligible wild forwards, so I think it's thirteen of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Victor Rask led all those forwards and expected goals against high danger chances against was second in scoring chances <laughs> against first in Corsi against and second in goals against per, all these per 60 um, as I do for my season long player cards um, and also third on the team in PDO um, which you know kind of a luck stat but he's been really good on the defensive side of the puck and if there is one area we did praise Rask in the past it wasn't his defensive game so this isn't totally out yeah. of left field. Um, but he's been, like, really good defensively, like, borderline elite defensively. I mean, a 1.63 uh, 1. expected goals against per 60 minutes, um, mm-hmm. which averaging about 11, just over 11.5 minutes a game, quick math says uh, about f- every five games he might be on the ice for two goals against. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, and we've seen him get rewarded with with some ice time. Obviously, the uh, with Freddie Gaudreau on the COVID reserve list, there's been a spot for him there. But uh, yep. and then on top of that, the dude's produced. Um, scored his fourth goal this season last night. Uh, has five assists to go along with that. Like I don't know what exactly off the top of my head what that point pace would be, but he's got more goals than Kevin Fiala somehow.
0: <laughs> uh, I tweeted that
2: out yesterday as well. It just like broke me inside. Like this doesn't even seem fair. I mean, Grant, I think, like, thinking back, like, two rascals, I'm pretty sure it's just been, like, him pretty much, like, a wide open in the back door of the 4 by 6 because um, a great setup. But, hey, go to the right spots and have your stick on the ice and finish the shot. So, mm. yeah, it's just it's just great to see. And, and at the end of the thread, the thing I kind of said, you know, once this roster is healthy, I think Rask should stay in the lineup. Um, I don't think they should put it back in the press box, at least until maybe he shows some signs of regression, which probably will happen to an extent. Mm. But his – I always thought that if they put him on a fourth line or third line-ish role um, and really had his focus be more on, you know, let's get get the puck going out of the zone, be in the right spots defensively and not having to worry about, you know, trying to feed Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov. And we've seen that, I think, happen so far. He doesn't have to do as much. He's simplified his game, especially defensively. Um, and the other thing I debated talking about was the fourth line, which I put out a thread about them as well. They've struggled mightily lately, especially defensively. <laughs> Um, and I think maybe a, a great pivot um, for the Wild would send of the press box because, to me, I mean, outside of a shootout goal and a couple nice rushes down the wing, I think he's just got three goals in the season, no assists. doesn't play power play. I don't think he really kills penalties all that much. Um, get Victor Rask in there um, with Nico Sturm, Brandon <laughs> Duhame. Um, let let Duhame and, and Sturm kind of drive the offense going north-south. They're both good volume shooters. They get to the net. Um, Sturm's obviously great on faceoff. Rask, too. Um, you know, have them, you know, maybe trade off that position, move Stern to the wing um, and then Severas kind of maybe anchor and, and improve the defense of that fourth line a little bit. But yeah. my personal just, thoughts, whether or not it happens, I don't know, but I just, I just want to say Victor ask, thank you for not making wild fans want to pull our hair out.
0: It's just a, uh, it's, it's funny that uh, we're here campaigning for him to be kept in the lineup when three months ago it was get rid of this guy any way possible or And, you know, that's the thing. It was never – I mean, maybe some fans didn't like him because of, you know, who he was traded for and all that, and that probably – and his contract and such probably affects how people think of players. But I don't think – especially us on here, I don't think it was ever – a. I mean, yeah, we teased about it, but it was never you know, – we're never just completely shitting on the guy saying he can't play. He can play. But as you mentioned, Brett, when he's being put in a spot that he's just not good in, as is the case with most players, if you put him in a spot that doesn't fit him – they're not going to play well. and Yeah, I agree. I think we it's kind of been like that every year, though, with the goals. It seems like every time he gets scratched and comes back in, he scores a you know a big goal. Like Maybe, that's Maybe that's the key, too. Maybe he's weird. got a,
2: two games in the press box yeah. and then play. Two games in the press box and then he plays.
0: He gets you a goal, and then at the end of the year, he might have 15 goals in like yeah. 45 games. And you go, well, <laughs> what the hey, you,
2: you just rotate him like a starting pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: look, I, I can't remember what game it was. It might have been... Oh, God, whatever game he scored. Uh, But, you know, uh, yeah, last (laughs) night. (laughs) But, anyways, you know, we we get a little bit of everything. I did see him trip over the blue line, but he did score that goal. (laughs) You know, it was, yeah, like you guys have mentioned, it was never really we disliked Rask. I think we just disliked the position he was in. Between uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello, felt like we need somewhere else there. But then we joked that maybe he was the X factor. Then he put got put there, and Kaprizov kind of started going off. So, you know, he 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 does make good plays, and and you know, like you mentioned, defensive plays, he's been well. But you know, just he's not a bad player. Just I just think we just didn't like the position he was in.
2: Yeah, and I think the thing I really liked about his game in the defensive zone, he just always seems to be in the right spot. He doesn't overcommit to guys. He stays the middle of the ice, usually finds the lo- the loose guy, and then he, you know, he knows he's not the most mobile guy, so he looks to get it to the guys that can skate to get mm-hmm. out of the zone. So in his case, it's probably usually a Fiala or it's Ben Pitlick as of late. Both guys that are good skaters, good puck handlers. He knows to get the puck to them, and I think just being able to simplify the game has really helped him. So... We'll see what happens. It sounds like Freddie Goudreau could be, I think, as soon as Sunday um, ready to return to the lineup. So um, we've heard Dino use the phrase uh, tough decisions when referring to the blue line, which we'll talk about mm. here in a minute as well, as that should be healthy as soon as tomorrow potentially. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens with Ras. But th- I think the good news is, is even if, you know, maybe they don't you know stick with him and, and put him in the lineup, you feel a little bit better about your depth. Not that that was ever a concern for this team, but just knowing, like, yeah. hey, if if someone gets hurt, we do have Victor Rask here uh, for the bottom six, and the likes of all the all the youth and the minors, if you need to fill some in the top six. Yep. All right. Well, it was another exciting week of games. So let's do some game recaps. We'll start with uh, what I thought was probably one of the Wild's like just most solid games this season. They took down the New Jersey Devils uh, the day our last podcast would have dropped Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. Beat them 5-2, pretty handily. Cam Talbot looked great. Uh, most of the lines looked pretty solid in that one. Out, Out-chance the Devils pretty good. I um, ended up walking away with another five-goal effort in that game as well. So just a solid game, I think, all around, and it was good to see, especially you know, just a couple weeks prior when they were pretty badly outplayed by the Devils, I think, to, yeah. to bounce mm-hmm. back and kind of play them the way they did was really encouraging.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something that's you love to see what this team is when they get outplayed or maybe lose to a team, they, they come back and do it. They kind of did the same thing with Tampa, even though we did come back and losing a shootout to them. The next game we came back, you know, handled them pretty well. One by two goals. One of them wasn't empty net, I believe, but you know, you love to see, you know, love to see the, the, how they come back and play a team and
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it'll bode well in the playoffs if they can continue to do that. And then, I mean, I don't want to bring up too many negatives, but the only thing I would bring up is I'd like to see their power play get better, but,
0: well, you know, can't, beggars can't be choosers when you, yeah. you play as well as they did. No, I think, uh, I think you're right. It's just kind of, it even happened to, like we we'll talked about in Edmonton last night. It's it's almost like their power play is as just, it's like a detriment. Like they get a power play and you're like, oh no, like last night, <laughs> we almost might give up a goal and give up every chance. Cause we can't get the puck into the zone every time but i mean I, I think you said i think like last year that might just get better and start to pop up at one point but i think in new jersey kind of the other thing as you guys mentioned with be able to bounce back and, and be a team you could beat i mean obviously the Wild went up there three nothing early second uh, that that sweet goal by caprice in the first period when he cut around defenseman and then went short side high was awesome but you know they went up three nothing and then gave the two quick goals there in about a couple minutes and you know it's kind of on the ropes. There, you're thinking, oh, you know, well, you don't want to be low on a three nothing lead like that on home ice to a bad team. But you know they came back right away. Dmitry Kulikov scored a goal to give that two goal lead back. And then, as you guys mentioned, that you know it wasn't really much of a very close game the rest of the way. And I just, uh, I think that's been what has been another theme aside from being able to come back. The resilience is, you know, as we've seen in the last few games when it looks like they're on the ropes and they might be on the verge of maybe blowing lead or just kind of falling apart, they always seem to find a way to just reel it back in and just kind of calm everybody down. So I think uh, that was good. that I thought it was good in that game against New Jersey. Just They just kind of stopped bleeding quickly and uh, just didn't mm-hmm. let it become more of a game than that.
2: Yeah, and speaking to that point, I think the most impressive thing about, you know, when the Wild do seem to, you know, quote-unquote, like you said, Zeke, reel it in, It never seems to be, you know, like one guy, you know, it's not a Felino fight every time, you know, last night it's Cam Talbot and against Toronto um, on Saturday, you know, having a bunch of saves in the second period. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Dmitry Kulikov, you know, releases the pressure with a big goal, you know, adds kind of a dagger last night too. Like it's, it's not always the stars, that are coming in, you know, it's yep. it's a camp. T- I mean, Cam Talbot's been great, but, you know, when Dmitry Kulikov or, you know, Ryan Hartman continues to score big goals, like just these guys yep. that maybe coming into the year you didn't expect to to step up in big situations, and we've seen him do it. I mean, Rask last night, too, another good example of, you know, mm-hmm. just these guys you don't always expect to come in and relieve the pressure. Um, so let's talk about, <laughs> uh, you know, arguably one <laughs> of the most fun regular season games we've seen this year. There And there have been, there've been a lot of them. Um, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who I've um, discovered why they are very disliked throughout Canada oh. and the Eastern Conference. Oh, my God. 90% of their fans are absolutely unbearable. Um, their but,
1: media has trained them well. Oh, man, it's, yeah. it's
2: brutal. Um, but thank goodness for our friends in the North Winnipeg for uh, quickly making them forget about the wild, women, oh God. the shit show that happened there on oh Sunday. Oh, God. Um, we can maybe touch bad. on that in a sec, but... Uh, What a game that was. The Wild jump out, uh, first period lead, 1-0. And then there's a five-goal second period. The Wild score twice, Leafs score once. In a a period that pretty heavily favored the Leafs. And then the Wild dominate the third. I think they had 20 shots on goal in the third. Jack Campbell, who's been one of the best goaltenders in hockey this year. Pulled the cam, Talbot made all the stops. Um, Overtime, good chances back and forth. And then, uh, of course, in the shootout. Minnesota Wild come out on top of some big goals for Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov who uh, oh appears he's got a signature move. And Shoot. it's and it's weird because it's not even a deke. It's just like he goes in and then just when you think he might deke, just like this quick little chip shot like right into the bar over the glove. It's the same one he scored on uh, earlier this year and it's like, how? like. Yeah, well, he,
1: I, he comes out there with his sand wedge and just yeah. throws it over the goalie's shoulder. That's yeah,
2: crazy. <laughs> and I think it was Dumba in the post game is like I can't do that shit. Only <laughs> like, that stuff yeah. only can do, and I think that that puts it very eloquently.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw on line two, Joe O'Donnell posted something about who has the better shootout move, uh, Kaprizov or Koivu and Kakinen <laughs> chimed in and said, uh, something along the lines of, uh, "That's not the only trick in Kaprizov's book." Yeah. So you know.
2: Yeah, I think we've only maybe seen him, there like, are similar it, moves four but... times, I think.
0: Yeah. Three yeah, times? Maybe. Yeah, I think he's got like four career attempts. So. I think
2: he four attempts. He scored twice in the same move. He hit the crossbar the one night, and then I think the other time he missed the net. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov is yet to be stopped in the shootout, but he's 50%. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, something I've kind of noticed, too, with these games is seems like our second period is really, like, for some reason just – we Slide kind into of that COVID trend. things fall apart a little bit, you know. Kind of with Toronto, and then we did it with Edmonton a little bit. Uh, like you mentioned, twenty-two shots in the third period against Toronto, and then last night we end up picking it back up again. And yeah. just kind of reiterating what you guys said is, you know, we have a way of reeling it in. That second period may be tough. They go in the locker room, figure it out, come back out, and, and you know, kind of seal their victory.
0: And I think the frustrating thing about that game was they did, if so I remember right, they scored the, you know, the first goal was with like 20 seconds left of the first, and they scored two quick ones earlier in the second there. And, you know, it was just, it was, especially me, I was, uh, if you follow my Twitter feed, I was pretty uh, fed up at that moment in time. But, you know, to throw away that lead within like five minutes, it was, you know, that was pretty disappointing mm. considering, you know, it, I mean, you, you, not, not only to say it, especially against a team that can score like that. And, you know, as we said before that game, Basically, everyone did that. If they keep the game five on five, you know they should have no problem winning. And see that second period, last ten minutes, they did not do that, and we saw what happened. So yeah, and a a
2: fluky goal starts it all too, where Spezza just kind of throws one from the corner, and it ping-pongs around, and somehow ends up over Talbot's shoulder. And And Spencer
1: does his best diving impersonation.
0: Yep. Yeah, you can't – listen, it was maybe a slash, but you, I, I agree. Like, you can't tell me that there was a little bit of exaggeration when you wait like five seconds to fall down and then you grab the wrong hand. That was the
1: kicker. Especially like. when we were like, going to be a two-on-one.
0: It, <laughs> it can be a penalty, fine, but don't – and then don't come back the next night and knee a guy in the head and then act like, oh, i never done this before. I'm the yeah. biggest sweetheart ever. I don't deserve to be punished. But I will say my last time in that game is – you know, I think uh, some other people had saw this on Twitter, but usually when a game goes to a shootout, you're kind of like, it's irritating. Like, oh, why'd that three on three at the end? Especially, you know, in this one where it was back and forth, as usual, lots of scoring chances. But to be honest, I wasn't all that disappointed. Like like you guys mentioned with Presal's goal. That, Matthew's you know, goal was, was sweet to too. Yeah, that quick backhander. Mm-hmm. So I, that was one of the few times that, for me at least, it wasn't, you know, like, oh, crap, this is going to shoot out. It was just a continuation of a great game. and uh... For me,
2: it's just like it for a game like that, that just had so much energy. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the shots in the game, I think were combined like 83. And just to have all of that effort to be decided by, you know, one on O's on the goalies, just to me it feels a little disappointing. But I guess like that's also in those games like okay, would I feel better if it just ended in a tie? Like, I don't know. That's where I always am conflicted yeah. with like, okay, well, if they shouldn't do shootouts, what should they do? And I'm like, eh, don't ask me that just, right now. Just the I shootouts are stupid.
0: <laughs> <Feels laughs> it like, feels like if you added five extra minutes to the three-on-three, maybe that yeah. would be the fix. But yeah. I, it was just, I wanted the win at that point. Uh, I wasn't going to be happy with that loser point on that. That was a huge game to win, so. Yep.
2: And then it was funny. Uh, we decided to troll Toronto fans because they're getting so riled up. <laughs> Ooh, so they were pissed. Yeah. Um, I just decided to troll the Toronto fans a little bit from the podcast account. Mm-hmm. And there were literally Toronto fans in there like, you guys almost blew a 3-0 lead. And I'm like, first of all, we won the game. Second of all, I know there's not a Maple Leafs fan in a mentions talking about blowing leads. Come on. Yeah. Like, jeez, 50 years of history right <laughs> And then when I called one of the guys out there, I was like, uh, and then he kind of backed off. I was like, oh, I'm just kidding.
0: I'm like, yeah. I'm like okay. Yeah. All right. I, I got to be honest. I think – I think part of this, when they're playing all these teams, I think people are so used to wild being the whipping boys. And they're that's like, people like that. Like, they like to call us boring and all this. And, you know, it's just, it's fun to just throw it back in their faces every once mm-hmm. in a while. Just to have a little fun. It's It feels good. Yeah. I know I, I shouldn't, I fell for some trolls a couple times. And he retweeted my tweet right onto his feed. So I kind of felt yeah. silly. But it's, it's nice. It's just good to be on the other end of that.
2: And then Winnipeg proceeded to just run them all night and made every make them forget about Brody and slash and forget about Felino accidentally bumping into Campbell while driving to the net oh, and apologetically tapping on the pad saying, "Hey man, sorry." And yeah, and.
0: That
2: was dumb, and then and then Rasmus Sandin got kneed, and then Spezza ran someone, and all hell broke loose. And Wayne Simmons was trying to fight everything that moved, <laughs> um, and they quickly forgot about their loss the night before. So shout out to Winnipeg for doing something good for once, for uh, helping yep. the Leafs fans move on from Minnesota. But uh, I believe those two teams have another match this year in Toronto, um, or is it just the one this year?
0: I think it's yeah, in Toronto, like March. Because...
2: Yeah, they they play them twice, I think. Yeah, they've in the
0: division twice. Did you guys see that clip of it, it was Shifley in the locker room saying, uh, "Isn't it awesome to beat the Leafs?" He said uh, it was and that drove of a bunch of them. I was listening to a podcast; it drove some of the that especially. They, they were like, "Why are you rent free?" It's like, uh, well, yeah, I it no wonder. Like, it's no wonder yeah. we love to beat you because of how you react. So.
1: Yeah, and you know what else is kind of cool is we finally have a team that guys like Dom and others are like, no, oh, they're they're actually a wagon and they're not just yeah. some team that you think is just they're a fluke good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then last night, finally, um, last game recap here, um, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, on the road in Edmonton, A little bit later start, uh, Kril Capri Kaprizov finally on the ice with the second best 97 in the world. Um, obvious sarcasm, which somehow people didn't pick up on that on the, on the podcast account. <laughs> <they're> like, <laughs> Look, we love Kirill Kaprizov, and he's an amazing player. But we are no one is delusional enough to think he's better than McDavid. I mean, come on, no, no, no one thinks it. McDavid's the best player in the right. world. It's not close. Um, but anyway, um, they beat him four to one. Cam Talbot turns in arguably his his best game of the year. Um, per natural stat trick, three point one goals saved above expected. Um, but I think a lot of that, you know, may have not showed up even in the advanced stats, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to the Brodeen dumba pairing, notably Jonas Brodeen, who uh, also against Toronto pretty much shut down Mm -hmm. Austin Matthews. Um, and Zeke, I'll I'll hand this over to you because you had a a tweet that got quite a bit of traction and a lot of agreement Mm -hmm. and just how good Brodeen was and just how he was able to just basically shut down Connor McDavid last night outside of, of one
0: assist. Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, it's kind of echoing, obviously, what many people have said. It's no secret how uh, you know how good he is. We've seen him play here, which is hard to believe. I think this is his 10th season now. He's been here since he was 19, back in, like, 2012. So, you know, he's been here for a while, and he's pretty much been – he's always been, I think, this good defensively. He's always had that elite skating ability, which, you know, when you say special player, you know, you think a guy who's scoring 80 points a year or is a McDavid type, but, I, you know, I said that in my tweet, I do think – with his skating ability and the way he plays is just special because you don't see very many guys that they have Connor mcdavid like last night i think it was in the third period blazing down the wing you know any other probably defenseman on this team as we, we saw him do it to ryan Souter a couple of years ago he would just walk right around him probably and have a great scoring chance and he just calmly you know just calmly holds the inside of the ice and forces him to the outside and and it's not easy like you know that it it doesn't look like it was that high stressful play but especially when you're playing a guy who can skate a million miles an hour and can go through pretty much everybody the fact that he's just so calm and so poised back there and you can defend him skating backwards like that's not an easy task and you know i think just just that skating i mean i've seen it when i've been at games this year i like to watch when he's you know he gets regroups the puck behind his own net and he'll you know they'll do the switch back and forth try to Figure out a breakout pass with the guy on him, and it's just calmly, you know, making sharp turns and, and moving around really fast. And as you saw last night, even jumping in on the offense, and getting a couple assists, which is also developed the last few years. So I don't know. I just, I just, it's just, just really amazing how that it, it's just he just looks like he just fits in in that speed base game and uh it's just it's just amazing how uh, easy it is to just for him to just send Connor McDavid like that's it's not really it's obviously challenged but it just it's it's not really even difficult for him cuz how good he is
2: yeah, I've, I was so impressed. And I think, too, I mean, the way another way you can look at it, I mean, we talked about, you know, he did it to Matthews, too. Granted, you know, Matthews didn't have as much support as he typically does with no Marner on that line. Perhaps the game goes different if he's in. But I think the other thing you have to look at, too, is I think in the past you would have looked, okay, we either want Spurgeon or Brodine out there against these guys. Well, there was no Spurgeon mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Kulikov and Merrill and Ben and... and um, Goligoska have been great, but none of them are Spurgeon, right? And, you know, yep. Brodine had to shoulder that load. I think he basically played like has been playing cl- – him and Dumba have been playing close to 25, 26 minutes a night while Spurgeon's been out, and they've just done an admirable job. Um, you know, I'm the analytics guy, and they, they won't – and especially net night like last night. I mean, 1.55 goals against. Um, but I was even talking with some fan, Edmonton fans who, by the way, you guys are great. Uh, much more respectful than Lee's fans. Graciously took the yeah. loss. Gave the Wild some credit. Um, he basically, um, I believe the the handle is NHL Sid. Um, does similar to me, some analytic breakdowns after every game. And he and I were talking, and he just gave a shout out to the Wild for just how good, and Zeke kind of loomed to you, just how good they did at keeping Edmonton to the outside. And he said, yes, you know, our XG was way up, but to me, it just felt like that was more on shot quality, or excuse me, shot quantity versus shot quality. And I think that that's a great way to put it. I mean, yeah, Edmonton had a lot of shots, but even, even heard Cam kind of talk about in the post game, just being able to see pucks keeping him the outside. Um, Talbot also did a great job of swallowing rebounds last night and our last second chances. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's just been great to see. I mean, just, you know, complimentary of your defenseman, but shout-out for Jonas Brodine for just a great effort, and hopefully uh, Spurgeon will be back in there um, um real soon. but
1: Very soon. Yeah, that. I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head, and I, I felt like Greenway, Felino, Eck got a lot of time with him too, which, yep. you know, it, it seems like those guys have – they're very good defensively and have a way of frustrating other team stars. And maybe don't get the recognition around the NHL. Maybe they'll start to, but they just kind of quietly go about and do it and just shut down the other team's best players. And another thing that I want to bring up too that um, we did well is, you know, we brought the number one power play down to zero for five and won the special team battles on both sides of the puck. And and that's kind of how you beat those teams as well. Is, you know, outplay them special teams. You don't want to take five penalties against Edmonton on a normal basis, no. but to be able to kill off all five of them was was yeah. excellent.
0: Yeah, and I well, I mean, we can also thank uh, Miko Koskinen, even though it was great after Bayek for that first goal, not sealing off his post. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, he's he's huge, but that that's they're going to need to trade for a goal if they're going to want to go anywhere. Because boy, oh, boy! Uh. But I mean, I think you know, just to keep the power play, and Brett mentioned with Talbot not letting up. You know, rebounds or whatever. I think they said he faced nine shots over that whole thing. And, you know, as you mentioned, they did do a good job of keeping them to the outside, not allowing a lot of the one timers to with McDavid and Dry that you could see they're looking for the whole time. But I I think, uh, I think just, I think that's the great point by Brett is that there just wasn't really any second chances. I mean, you can remember especially the save he made on Dry from in tight in the third period there, which a couple of those have been in the games recently where you just make. I mean, he's done that all year, to be honest, even in the games he hasn't played well. He's always been there to make that one big stop late in the game or in overtime. And I think, uh, yeah, know, that's just uh, that's I think I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but that's probably been the most uh, encouraging sign of the last two weeks. And it's I mean, obviously the reason they won seven games, because, you know, he's allowing probably less than two goals a game for like the last two weeks or whatever. And you can't ask for much more.
2: Yeah, and one thing we didn't touch on either, um, when the Wild did play the Devils, Kapokakinen was given the start um, in that game and played really well. Uh, 29 saves on 31 shots. Um, (laughs) Picked up an assist. Yeah, picked up an assist in the game (laughs) as well. Um, So it was great to see him perform on that game. Um, And, you know, it was just a couple weeks ago I was on Locked on Wild talking with Seth, and we were talking about, you know, the goaltending's (laughs) been shaky. They haven't stolen any games, and ever since then, uh, the goaltending's been really good. I think they've had a you know, a net gold save above expected that's been in the positives um for the mm-hmm. most part. I think the Edmund or the Toronto game Talbot was like point three under, but on forty-two shots, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um yeah, it was it was a, it was an awesome week. Um Jewel Erickson just an update on the thirty goal campaign. He's on a thirty-one. 31- Goal cool. pace right now, so right on pace for my bold prediction. Uh, the power play, we're not talking about that. Zeke Spurgeon prediction, um, the injury is, has set that back a little yeah. bit, but what are you going to do? We'll see. Um, Kaprizov, he's over a point per game pace there. Um, that was my other ones. What were your guys other ones here? So you do like a one uh, way away check-in.
1: Didn't I do something like two guys with 80 points or more? So maybe Caprizov uh, and Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Zuc- yeah.
2: Zuccarello could be too if, if we do an <laughs> yeah. adjustment for games yeah. played.
1: Maybe like 40 goals, 80 points. I can't remember what it was exactly. Something
0: something similar to that. I think my other one was uh, Nico Sturm, 20 goals. And uh, that's not looking too hot right now, as you no. explained in your Twitter thread the other day. Yeah. So, But, I mean, you know, whatever. We got Ryan Hartman scoring.
2: That was goals. just as painful to
0: write as saying good things
2: about Rask because yeah. I had to say bad mm-hmm. things about Nico Sturm. So yeah. it's been a weird week for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to I do want sense. to bring
1: up too that last show I said I'd be happy with two out of three wins out of this trip, but I'd be happy, even more happy with three. Not sure if it would happen. And you know, I'm, I'm very happy it happened. I mean to beat the teams we beat and, and take six points out of it is just what you love to see Win seven games in a row and just bring on California.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk upcoming quick here before we, uh, before we do mailbag me one other topic. Um on the road tomorrow in San Jose and then LA I believe on Saturday. Yeah. Uh yeah, Saturday. I think. And then is it Vegas Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. So uh San Jose tomorrow, LA Saturday, Vegas Sunday, which means late game, late game, late game. Yay for us. You're bad. Um but, yeah, I mean, L.A. recently just lost to the uh, Bruce Boudreaux-led Vancouver Canucks. Congrats to Bruce um, yes. on a new gig. It seems Vancouver fans love him. Um, I'm happy for Vancouver fans uh, that they finally got Jim Benning out of there. Um, I You know, our, our good friend Isha Jerome, obviously, in, from the Vancouver area, a big Canuck fan, but I have a, a decent amount of followers that are Canuck fans, and it's just – you're good people. Like, man, it just – your team is suffering because of poor management. It's good to see that turning around. Mm-hmm. But uh, off that tangent, um, Sharks, Kings, Vegas on tap. So a trip out west, the Pacific Division, should be some good tests. But, I mean, it's just the way this team's played. I mean, they just beat the hottest, arguably, you know, juggernaut best team in the league and then shut down the best player in the world in back-to-back games. It just – it they just feel like a team that can't lose right now. And obviously at some point yeah. they're going to, and Twitter will melt down over it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for that. They'll be like, ah, oh, blow the team up. They're going to lose. We're probably. only 21 and eight now. Yeah. Like, they'll they'll lose one bad game. But, oh, Capri South was invisible. <laughs> <laughs> they are who we thought they were. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, Looking I mean, forward
2: that's... to the trip, but anything in particular you guys are excited to see or watch on this upcoming road trip?
0: Well, I think, you know, the game in San Jose, obviously that uh, that last game when they played them at home was, you know, kind of the, 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 the final straw for Kaprizov, which got him to and eventually on his roll. And that was kind of the last, you know, bad game this team has played. So Sounds like a revenge be, game to me. It'll be a good good game to uh, hopefully get back at him. And I think uh, just kind of what you said, Brett, too, it's just the you know, I never had this before where you like, you go into a game, you sit down to watch the game and, you, you know, you expect them to win every game. Like you don't, you just it's i mean you can fathom loss but you're almost like the way yes they've won seven games in a row so literally you have been expecting them to win but it's i don't know it's just uh even against the heart the the great teams it's uh it's just weird to go into every game you know confident and like i said expecting wins so hopefully we uh hopefully get uh more of that here coming out uh on the west coast and I guess I would imagine too that Cap Kacken would probably get one of these first two games in California 'cause like, you know, obviously they'd put Talbot in Vegas, I think.
2: Yeah. But. I would guess Talbot after his performance. Um Dean likes to reward the goalies coming off a good game and I think with, mm-hmm. you know, a, a day of rest, I think he'll start probably Thursday. Um and then depending how that game goes, I could see Kakanen maybe getting probably the Kings on Sunday, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh,
1: beating San Jose and Vegas after they beat us earlier, earlier in the year. Like to kind of come back and do what we've done to the other teams that, that we've played recently, kind of like the the Tampas and in yeah, Tampa the- Devils. And- yeah, I'd like to see uh, the return of Jared Spurgeon and see kind of what happens there. Who comes out? We've got a lot of guys playing well, but you can't keep Spurgeon out of the lineup when you know he's yeah. our captain and. and top two D-man on this team.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see when he does come back. It was originally reported that he could be ready to go by Thursday. Um, but, you know, with the team playing so well, you know, maybe they they wait Thursday, give him an extra two days to gear him up for the back-to-back. So we'll see. But, um, I mean, I'd imagine if, if Spurgeon says he can go and the doctors feel he can go, I doubt they're going to say, nah, you sit this one out. Mm-hmm. Um, this team, I mean, as good as this team is, they're better with Jared Spurgeon. Um, I think the most interesting part of that will be what happens with the third pair because um, Jordy Ben has played decent, um, you know, played well, much better than I think what a lot of us were expecting as has the wild blue and as a whole. um, But the coaching staff has liked his game. So I wonder, I mean, I don't think you're going to take Kulikov out, but I wonder if maybe there's some sort of rotation that could start between uh he and Merrill. Cause I think Merrill's kind of cooled off from his hottest start, but um, You know, he's still been serviceable. I think he's the penultimate number. You know, he's very Ian Cole-like. Like, doesn't there anything special, just a good uh-huh. number mm-hmm. six. Um, but I do wonder if maybe, you know, matchup depending. Maybe they want a little more size, they throw in Ben. Maybe they want a little more speed, mobility, they throw in Merrill, depending on who the team is. You know, maybe Ben's a guy you play against Vegas, and Merrill's maybe a guy you play against San Jose. I don't know. Just spitballing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we haven't done a mailbag in a little while, mm. so we did uh Throw some some feelers out there for some questions, so we'll answer some of those, maybe all of them, depending on our time. We got time, so that's good. Um, this first one comes from Zane Care. I think I'm saying, isn't it Care Carr? I don't know. Uh, at the Zainster, he asks, "Are the Wild good, or are the foo or are they fools gold right now? Are they beating bad teams so they look good, or are they beating good teams as well?"
1: They're good. I mean, no, they're not fools gold. They're beating teams like Toronto and Edmonton. They I mean, yeah, they beat Arizona, but they're beaten. They beat Tampa. They beat Winnipeg handily.
2: Took Florida they, extra frames. I mean,
1: yeah, they mm-hmm. came back on Florida. I mean, that was a tough game, but still came back on them. Whoop Dallas's ass seven to two. I mean, this team, I they think, beat is Winnipeg for real. Twice. You, yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Dean has these guys playing great, and and they're only going to continue to get better. Uh, I think it's
0: you know, yeah, I don't think it's fool's gold. That long story short. No, I mean, you know, right now they are, you know, not a seven game winning streak. They're beating everybody. And yeah, last year you could have had a little bit more of the, maybe you're beating up on bad teams, but you know, this year you're supposed to beat up on bad teams. They're doing that pretty much every time, you know, which was kind of maybe a problem more in the past. And uh, I think, you know, I saw someone said, tweeted this yesterday, and it's been thrown a few times that since Dean Evison has been coach. Uh, they have the regular season, at least they have not lost more than two games in a row once, I think. And that's, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, just speaks to the resiliency and all in the character that we have talked about uh, all the time, you know, this kind of this season, even last year. So, yeah, I think obviously they're for real. I mean, honestly, again, it depends as any team on if the goal setting holds up and, uh, but I mean, hey, they say, uh, they just, you know, yeah their depth maybe hasn't been as great like the fourth line especially but hey when you got this team's got star they got depth at center now they have got depth on d i think uh, i think there's there's no question that they're that they're the real deal and you know even though it's still early they're you know the real threat to actually win the central division which is not something i saw coming this year
2: no me either mm-hmm. um i i thought you know second was very achievable i didn't think you know, i, I didn't, I didn't think we couldn't win the division, but I didn't think, you know, we'd be the ones to beat right now. Colorado's start off, you know, not maybe quite as good as they'd hoped. Um, Some injuries have have sidelined that. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I think they're for real. I mean, you look at that. I mean, we talked about this in my thread as well. The blue line's legit. Um, You you know, we've talked about Mm -hmm. how good they've been without Spurgeon, but they lead the league in points from the blue line. And on top of that, I believe they're a top five, for sure, top ten unit in expected goals against per game. Um, which means they're playing shutdown defense. We've seen the goaltending get better with that too and that and that's been a big key. Justin, you mentioned you know they're not really letting you know here and there um, maybe more than two goals a game, but for the most part it's been two or fewer goals a game um, that they've been allowing. So I think that's another huge piece of, of the success is how good that blue line's been. Um, I think Russo tweeted out something along the lines of, I believe it's Eck Hartman and Felino have something like 30 percent of the team's goals this year like who would have predicted that I mean maybe for me it would have been like Ek Fiala Kaprizov I think to have a third mm-hmm. of the goals a third way through the season not Felino Hartman Ek, but I mean they're getting depth scoring too so I mean that's that's been the key it's and when you have that much depth and that much success you're a hard team to play against because not many teams have what the wild have that
1: we play a heavy style, that's hard to play against. You know, especially like that grief line. That that's a tough line for teams to match up against. And we saw it with uh, Edmonton, where you know, you shut down the Stars. And it may not happen every game, but I mean, it, just our style of play, we actually have some speed and grit and kind of that playoff style hockey.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Next question from uh, Sadison O Three. Which prospect currently not in Iowa do you have the highest hopes for? This is the question I was alluding to at the top of this show. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough one because there's, there's a lot of guys to be excited about.
1: I mean, off the top of my head, I'd want to say Wallstead or who's Nadinov. But if you kind of want to go further off the board, McBain's having a good season, and then Josh Pillar is playing excellent in Kamloops. So, you know, there's so many guys you could bring up here. I mean, even like Carson Lambos, he's been hurt, but
2: yep.
1: he's playing on the top team in the Canadian juniors and, and playing well. But mm-hmm. I, I think I, I'm going to go with Wallstead uh, as my main answer.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go something different. i all say the same guy, but I think he's, out of the guys not in the AHL, I think he's probably the, the, the top uh, prospect in that group, but. I mean, you have the defensemen like Mitch with Lambos, O'Rourke, and even Damon Hunt, who we saw at the prospect scrimmage, who I thought looked really good. But, you know, I'm a little off the board, maybe not the highest potential, but uh, I've probably always been intrigued by uh, Pavel Novak ever since Scott Wheeler's on this show. Seemed to be kind of a fan of him, think that he's a guy if you give, have a little patience and, and sign him and give him just time to develop and work on him. That when I mean, we saw flashes of it in the World Juniors last year, that he's got a rocket of a shot. You know, not a great skater, but. Seems to have, uh, you know, some pretty good high-end skill in there. Even if the other parts of his game could be worked a little bit, so I think right now he's kind of the guy also having a good year in the oh, WHL. Yeah. That I think is just intriguing to me because of that, you know, that kind of dynamism to his offensive game. Yeah, and I'll I'll go with
2: Nadinoff. Wallstedt's really exciting, of course, just because you know the Wildly haven't had a homegrown goalie since Josh Harding, yeah. and obviously his career cut short with MS. So just to kind of, I think, have something we haven't had in a while is exciting, but mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited for who's a I just think cause he's a unique player. I mean, just the the speed that he plays with, I think yeah. will be a nice refresh into, you know, kind of these more two way, maybe not as mobile centers that the wild have right now that, I mean, they're great heart. We love Hartman. We love Eck. Sturm's good. Um, but I think just, he's going to bring an element that the wild haven't seen. And, and I'm excited to see how Dean utilizes that speed who he, you know, looks to him for line mates to see how we might be able to create some more challenging matchups. Um, you know, maybe he does fit with a off Zuccarello as a north-south guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he's a third-line type, or, you know, a boldy Beckman with one of those guys, too. So, yeah, I think those are three really solid answers. Uh, next one here from Jeremy Dans. He says he has a couple questions. First one, uh, if we keep up the the play, so the good play, who breaks the century point mark first, Kaprizov
0: or the Wild? Um, Ooh, man, that's... It's, it's tough because, you know, you, with the way Kaprizov's playing, you'd want to see him, but, I mean, even if he does play good, it's hard to imagine him getting three, four points every game in several stretches for that. You know, I mean, obviously he's on a pace for close to that right now, and if, you know, if he plays at, at least near a point per game pace, he's going to give himself a chance, but I don't know, I guess I would, you know, maybe the team doesn't stay as hot, but I guess I'll go to the team on this one.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the team as well. I mean, you hope both can do it, but, you know, <laughs> Kaprizov sits at 30 points. We sit at 37. I mean, both sides can cool off. Both
2: sides can get hot again, but uh, I'm going to go with the team. Yeah, we'll go three for three there. I think the Wild are on a 127-point pace. <laughs> <laughs> Kaprizov oh, going into, I don't remember what game it was. I think it was after the Toronto game. Maybe. And I think it's after the Devils game was on like a 100 point pace. Um, so I'll, I'll take the odds there um, yeah. that the Wild, you know, even if the Wild regress a little bit, they've got a 27 point cushion. Kaprizov is right on the number. Um, and, you know, I don't think he's going to be a two point per game player from here on out. No. But uh... um, yeah, so good question, though. And then the next one. Let's see. Here we are. Uh what team other than the wild do you think has flown under the radar the most this season? There's a second part that we'll get to after. Um I think the obvious answer is the Rangers. Yeah. Um, I They have I believe they I think they actually lead the league in point percentage right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, 771 um, right now. And a lot of that is due to the play of uh, their goaltender Igor Shesterkin um Kapriza's fellow russian countryman he's been stellar uh, yeah. for them but of course uh, adam fox too i mean we're seeing an mm-hmm. impact that a Love legit that. elite number one defenseman can have on an organization
0: yeah i think um, oh go ahead
1: sorry i, I was gonna say, I'll, sorry to interrupt <clears throat> i didn't mean to cut you off or anything uh, i think i'm going to use my answer as anaheim i mean they were kind of bottom of the barrel last year yep. and they got an excellent prospect pool, probably top two, maybe even top in the NHL, but they're right behind Calgary in the Pacific two points behind them, four points behind us. I mean, they've played a couple more games than us, but yeah, I didn't expect to see Anaheim as uh, one of the division leaders, even if it was the crappy Pacific division.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I think Calgary has maybe surprised some people after, you know, they kind of thought they were going into the dumps, but I, you know, I, I, not too surprised there, but for me, even though their record isn't great, I think yeah, thirteen, ten, and three. I think the Detroit Red Wings have been a little bit of a surprise early on. So obviously, with the two uh, top rookies and Lucas Raymond and Merit Sider have really provided some life to that team. And you know, a guy like Dylan Larkin is playing really good this year. Alex Delkovich has been very solid in goal for him. I think uh, uh, you know that. I think they're in the playoff spot right now. I don't think I think they'll drop off eventually, but. You know, after being really terrible for, you know, five, six years now trying to get rid of those contracts and just yeah. build up that team, I think the Yeiser
2: plan is in motion. Yes. Mm-hmm. I
0: think they they seem to be well on their way. So yeah.
1: by the way, they are sitting in the second wild card spot in the East. Okay. Oh. Three points ahead of Columbus. Yeah.
2: Speaking of Anaheim, did you go I mean, I'm sure if you haven't seen it, I have a question if you're on Twitter, but the, the assist <laughs> Trevor Ziegris had oh my last night was just bonkers. But I mean the the awareness by Sonny Milano, I think, as well, to realize it was happening and to be ready for mm-hmm. it was just as impressive. Uh, and shout-out Sonny Milano. He'd kind of been a journeyman player in a lineup in Columbus, didn't really find his footing in Anaheim, but I think he's been about a point-per-game player this year on that line with zegris and mm-hmm. those two have been a big part of, of the success there. And obviously, uh, this show's always been a big fan of uh, U.S.-born John Gibson, but uh, yep. nice to see him have a team that can mm-hmm. finally support him this year and then uh the second part of that question is kind of the flip side so what team do you think has disappointed the most um i'm gonna go yeah that was the first thing for me too yeah i mean it's unanimous yeah i mean we we i think unanimously in our pre in our primer for the season picked them as eastern conference potential cup (laughs) finalists (laughs) you know and it's the most islanders fucking thing ever too like they're always mad because, oh, everyone always counts out the Islanders. No one gives the Islanders credit. The models hate the <laughs> Islanders. And finally this year, like, everything caught up. Like, yep, the models support the Islanders. Yeah, you know, the, the perceptions. Stay. are all right. We're not going to stop. We're going to stop doubting Barry Trotz. <laughs> everyone finally is in on them. Then they go and just are just brutal. Um, I think they have, like, one win in, like, the last, like, three or four weeks. Like, yeah. someone jokingly tweeted out. I don't think it was from this market. Um, but. After the Lions beat the Vikings this past weekend, someone tweeted something on the lines cool. of, like, in the last, like, two or three weeks, the Detroit Lions have more wins than the New York Islanders. And it's just like, oh,
0: like what is going on this there? Like, I,
2: maybe Zach Parise is the problem. Who knows? Oh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that is sarcasm, people.
0: Yes. Or is it?
1: I don't know. Yeah. All right. It's up so to you- the, your judgment.
2: Unanimous on that one. All right. Our next question comes in from good friend of the show, Dan Bradley. Um, He says, still a little ways out, but do you see the wild as trade deadline buyers or standing pat? And who are some players you think they should target?
0: Well, for me, I think obviously, I mean, we've had Russo talk about this the last few weeks, obviously when they've been playing really well. I think, as we said before, moves don't really happen, obviously, this early in the season. So we will probably wait towards close to the trade deadline. But, you know, it depends on where they're sitting in the standings. But I think if they continue to play mostly good up until, you know, March, February-ish, and they're sitting top in the division or second place there right in the race, I, I personally would be buyers. I think, obviously, with the salary cap hits coming in next year, that you might have a chance Depending on what the price is, to maybe add one more piece at center that I think could really, you know, I think this team as now could compete with anybody, but I think if you added a center like, you know, Tomas Hurdle, JT Miller, or even the Cloach Rue type like that, that could really help you out against a healthy Colorado with McKinnon or a healthy Vegas with Jack Eichel. And I don't know, I just think it depends on price. Obviously, if you're going to give up, you know, three pieces, then don't do it. But I'm personally not as worried as much about the chemistry thing as we had with Hansel, because I just think that was a terrible move and just the wrong fit. And I think if you can add a a skilled center who can skate and play with that pace, I think uh, it would certainly be worth checking out to, you know, give this team that uh, shot this year to maybe go win a cup.
2: Yeah. For Uh, me, it's tough. Um, I think it depends on, you know, it, do we have a key injury somewhere down the line? Um, I think I'd probably push pause on any thought that Greenway or Fiala goes anywhere anytime soon. You know, I think yeah. Fiala, I think maybe there's still a possibility um, because you might be able to get something back that helps you now. I think Greenway is more of a futures deal. And I think in a way, you know, he becomes a co- you know, your own rental, as they like to call yeah. those types of players. I guess like the one thing I think they would maybe look at and this depends how Capo looks kind of through the season. He is still waiver eligible. Um, so, you know, maybe they looked at, you know, uh, their former expansion sister in the Columbus Blue Jackets and maybe someone like a Jonas Corposalo, um, who hasn't been great this year but, you know, has had history of playing well in the playoffs, obviously was a big part of them upsetting Tampa um, a couple years back. So I think that's maybe where I would maybe look as maybe a, a support goaltender to be behind Talbot. Uh, maybe to maybe even take a little bit of pressure off coming down um, the end of this season. But again, if Kakinen continues to play well and eliminates that need. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Like I could see them being buyers, but like as of right now, I just, I don't know what they'd be buying <laughs> outside of, you know, the couple names that Zeke mentioned.
1: Right. And I'm really torn on it too. Like my brain goes one way. It'll go another way. Like, I mean, it'd be great to have a Tomas hurdle and I could definitely see us buyers, but I think I could see a standing path. I know we could get some rentals, but they don't really want to give up futures for rentals. I think they kind of want to stay the course. Although with the way we're playing, that could change the course a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with the cap crunch coming up too, it might be hard to get some of those guys too. I just kind of depends on,
0: yeah
1: on where they feel some of these guys are in the future. Guys like Fiala and, and, you know, like you mentioned Greenway, but with the way the grief line is playing and even though Ken Fiala is kind of snake bit and he's still generating offense and then playing well, it's it's hard to see them giving up something to, right now. I, I just can't think of anything yeah. that uh, would make sense. I mean, obviously we'd like a center like Hurdle, like you mentioned, and maybe a backup goalie, but I mean,
0: this team is <laughs> playing well as it is. Yeah. I think, for me, it just comes down to, you know, so far, every move that Bill Guerin has made, you know, for the most part, has worked out reasonably well, and we've said it before, that, you know, whatever he decides he wants to do, I you know, it's kind of a point where you just got to kind of trust his gut and mm-hmm. what he's thinking, because they seem to have a really good handle on what this team is, and if, you know, bringing in somebody else would affect chemistry and all that, so, I don't know, I guess I'm just, I've always kind of been on the person that if you have a... Shot, to, you know, obviously it could work. It could flame out, and you could get swept in the first round, and then maybe you're out your first round pick or something. Right. But I think that the key to that for me is the fact that the last few years they have kept all their picks. They've built up that system. That yes, it would suck, but if to me, if you maybe take one piece out to give your chance, self a chance at maybe winning a Stanley Cup, it could potentially be worth it. But uh I, I said this last week. It's just I think it's a it's just a good sign that we're at a spot where this is like even a question. Mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe for there's sure. even the possibility of, you know, hey, we're going for it. We have a legit chance here. So, Definitely. Right. And,
1: and I will say, I say this all the time, I trust whatever Bill Guerin does and what decision he makes because, like you said, Zeke, it seems like every move he makes is a good move. And, and hmm. I, I just feel he, he'll he he'll know what's best.
2: Yep, for sure. The next question sort of in the same vein from retired Marine Corps staff sergeant. I think his name is Chris. Um, asking if if I foresee Dumba being traded, um, with Addison, <clears throat> um, no, not after getting the A, not in not in midseason. Um, perhaps in the off season they explore it. Um, but as of now, I I, just, I don't see it. He's been too good with Mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. Uh, he's a big part of the show, so thank you. I talked to him a little bit behind the scenes, and perfect. He listens to pretty much every show, so thank you. But uh, also it. I'll answer, I don't see him being traded either just because why would they make him an assistant captain as well and then and yeah. then get rid of him? I uh, just, like you said, maybe in the off season, but I don't think it'll be during in-season at all.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, Russo, when someone asked, you know, what are the chances that, you know, he's around for the next, you know, within for more than two years on this team, and he basically – so, you know, since he's eligible to be talk about an extension, I think once July 1st passes that, you know, maybe we'll find out kind of then if he's, you know, if his asking price with considering, especially how good defensemen have been getting paid recently is too much. Maybe they won't be able to keep him. But I think out of the three guys that we've kind of talked about with him, Fjall and Greenway, I think, you know, I agree with you guys. I don't think they would be traded. I think he'd probably be the, the one more likely that they would try to keep. But yeah, no, there's, it doesn't, Obviously like you said, it doesn't make any sense to trade him now and uh, it's it just yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Next question from Andrew Verst, um which we kind of already talked about seeing Rast deserving more ice time. Uh, we said yes to that. Um Frederick, our friend over in is it Norway?
0: I think he's I think it's Denmark, Denmark. Denmark. Denmark,
2: I think that de- yeah, Denmark sounds right. Yeah. Um, Scandinavia yeah, Denmark, not to not to poo-poo on that. Uh, yeah, Denmark. Um, time to go to the pessimism I think we kind of talked to hit on that a little bit as well with the uh, what is it fool's gold or not Um, so we kind of already answered that one and I think and I will I'll,
1: I will add because I did see that question I, I'm never really ever pessimistic so I know it's the fan base in general yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, but I, I think fans need to wean away from that a little bit and support this team
0: and there's you know come on i mean tomorrow night i know the football is king but let's you turn on the radio and i know people it's sports radio so they're in talk with the vikings but stop focusing your time on a team who loses to one of the worst teams of all time and consistently shoots themselves in the foot and watch a team that even when they do lose it's never an effort of trying or not an effort of they're just not good enough like focus on the team in town who is actually worth your time
2: exactly um and yeah so I, that, that, that was it for the mailbag uh we kind of threw that out last minute um just knowing we'd have a little bit of extra time on the show tonight so uh thanks to everyone who submitted a question we always uh yeah. always nice for us to have some user related content so anytime you have questions if you have something you want us to hit on uh, feel free to shoot it in our mentions and we'll do our best to talk about it um but we're we're running a little bit over our time, no big deal. But uh any kind of final thoughts here, guys, before we uh before we wrap up for the day.
1: No, I always say it, enjoy it. Enjoy this run. I mean, this team is fun as hell. And yeah, you know, another thing I want to bring up, I know we already talked about it, but I'm very happy for Bruce boudreau because I absolutely loved him when he was here. Fan favorite. I met him at Bruce the state, state fair. fair. He's just Bruce. I love him. <laughs> Barbecue so Bruce is back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wonder if it's going to pull Giles out a gift retirement.
3: Kind of the he added,
2: he added the one uh, gift to library, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny in the post game. He gets up and just goes, Oh fuck.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to stand up. <laughs> <Yeah. It's> like <laughs> Bruce is all of us. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I will say, for another coaching news, obviously we saw Mike Yoke at the interim job, uh, Flyers are pretty much turning into wild 2.0, uh, 2016 to 19 wild 2.0. Mm, Do you see who's
2: coach in the defense tonight? <laughs> Nick Schultz.
0: Uh, oh,
2: oh, my God. Chuck Fletcher's just a turning little, him to Minnesota East.
1: He <laughs> so, doesn't change. Some nope. things
0: never change. Mm, boy, yeah, like, I can't imagine he's going to be in a, have much of a job if they continue to suck very much longer. But no, I think, uh, yeah, just like Justin, it's just, it's just it's really just fun because it's you know always we always look forward to the games because you know, people listen we're all hardcore fans but when they're just they're playing well they're exciting every night you just never know what new fun things you're going to see and uh hey hopefully next time we're talking uh you know who knows we might be hopefully we're talking about a you know 10 plus game winning streak here who knows that'd be a nice maybe to get close to that record from 2016 but uh either way it's 18 six and one man is it's pretty good
2: yeah um, I have two final thoughts. My first one, I, I can't believe you forgot to talk about this from the Devils game, um, but the Ryan Hartman memes that we were blessed with out of that oh. scrum. Um, oh, and then uh, shout out to, I don't know if it was Aaron mm. or if it was Sam, but whoever produced the Ryan Hartman holding the L picture, um, absolutely freaking fantastic. Um, yeah. I've used it after both <laughs> Toronto and Edmonton losses because it's fun um and also thanks to Ryan Hartman for being a walking meme all the time we love you um ever ever i think my reverse jinx has gone into effect cuz i think since i tweeted out that i will get a jersey if he gets to 20 goals i don't think he's scored a goal since then he's mm-hmm. had two <laughs> of them like that people that like they thought he tipped and then turns out he didn't tip so i think mm-hmm. my reverse jinx has worked oh, the wrong way against Hartman so so maybe maybe you have to consider deleting the tweet then. Yeah, maybe I'll give have to back. do that. No, it's fine. We can so
1: <laughs> get Try to uh, get the power play going too, because it's 28th in the yeah. NHL. that's The only oh, thing. Oh, we're I gonna like shit like on that. the
2: power play, this, show. we? Forgot. If that the power really play
1: gets sucks, going, this team will be something else. They already are, but if you can get yeah. this team going a little bit on the power play, we're just gonna shit on everyone. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I would say my other final thought is, especially. um tomorrow and Saturday we know we're a better team than the Sharks and the Kings and we just came off playing some really solid teams in in Toronto and Edmonton so I think for me the thing I really am going to be watching for and hoping that I see um, these next two games is not playing down on the competition keeping the foot on the gas continuing to control the play and do the right things to win the games and not playing down to their level because I think you know, it, that that can happen. You get a little bit complacent and you kind of start. oh, well, yeah. This team's not as good, so we don't have to try quite as hard. No, I want to see him keep the pedal down, continue to be hard to play against.
1: And we get to see another uh, Brent Burns, Kaprizov, Drew Doughty, Kaprizov oh, matchup. I can't matchup wait. So yeah. can't be wait. ready for some memes and some uh, some some maybe some. I love uh, I love the father son games. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs>
2: the <It's so laughs> <fun. laughs> memes are coming.
0: <laughs> All right. Overpaid for fifty games, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right um well that'll do it i think uh we'll wrap up here zeke where can everybody find you and all of your work
0: um uh, you know as usual you can find me on twitter at uh, zeke boyat and you can find uh, my written work at tinkerings.com
2: and justin
1: you can find me at de 2004 you can find me at caprice of c with the caprice of countdown you can find me at mnw prospects with wild prospects and young players
2: And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account as well at Sound the Foghorn, all one word, both on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure you're following our our good friend Sam as well at Samantha Uren underscore on Twitter and also Whitecaps Hockey on Twitter for that. Four games on tap for the Wild until we talk next. The Sharks, Kings, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Carolina Hurricanes before we are back with you a week from today, Wednesday. So hopefully by then we'll be talking about a double-digit winning streak, but if not, we will be back regardless to talk more Wild Hockey. But until then, this has been another episode of Down the Box.